You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw. And in today's episode, I'm sitting down with one of my friends, Leanne Kim. And Leanne and I actually met in a mastermind together. And I remember the moment that I actually met Leanne. I was so intimidated. She was so smart. She had like just an amazing community and business. And I just remember feeling like, holy smokes, every time Leanne speaks, like I just want to listen to what she has to say. And I really was taken back by the success that she had and just how she had brought that all together. And as I really got to know Leanne, and as you're going to hear in our conversation today, what I really love about chatting with Leanne and talking about some of the best things that we've done in our business, but also some of the worst mistakes we've made in our business is that she always really does keep it real. And we're going to be talking about everything from what has really helped us grow in our business, but also some of the struggles and things that we've had to overcome in terms of running a business and also being entrepreneurs all at the same time, which is anybody that is doing both of those things just understands it's not, you know, I used to look at my business as like, that was my baby. And that was all I had to focus on. And then as soon as you add kids and, you know, life and marriage and all that stuff into it, it definitely, you know, it's a it's a pull in a in a different sort of balancing act that you have when you're managing multiple things and and trying to keep them, you know, high on the priority list. So I really hope that this episode is helpful, you know, for you out there that are looking for that sense of like, I'm feeling overwhelmed with this. Is this normal? Or, you know, I feel like there's got to be a better way or I'm leaning into this. I wonder if it's the right decision. I really hope that you get that sense of peace today from hearing our conversation. And uh, without further ado, here is uh, the conversation that Leanne and I sat down and had about our best and worst business decisions. Leanne, what I want to dive into today is I want to talk about the idea of things that you would have done differently as an entrepreneur or things that you would do the same. Because I feel like over mm-hmm. you know, how many years have you been running your business? Well, seven and a half years since I started the community, um, mm-hmm. but five, five and a bit years full-time self-employed. That's crazy. Eh? When you so think I've about got it. lots of thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's been, I guess, five years since that fateful day that I moved back from Vancouver Island and was like, okay, am I handing out resumes or am I doing this? (laughs) Like, what is going to happen next? What should I be doing? So 
let's have a chat about what things would be, you know, all things, you know, marriage, business, momhood, all the things. Let's just go lesson for lesson here. What do you think is the most important thing that you've learned that you would repeat or not repeat? Okay. So I would say that the thing that I did right, and there were many things I did wrong, which I'm, I will be glad to share that too. It's the thing that I preach and teach the most, which is build your business around your life and not the other way around. And so I started my business just after ha- like this, the, the, I always had entrepreneurial inklings, but I would say like, I really became an entrepreneur after I was done having kids. I had two kids. We were very happy with the two. I, at the time, you know, I, I had my full-time job. I was able to take two glorious one-year maternity leaves. And then I, there was just that longing for more. And I think, you know, the thing that I said to my husband was, I just, I just know that I can be an even bigger success and make an impact and make more money myself. Like I felt like my day job was the thing holding me back. And he said, let's try it, but not at the expense of this great balance that we have. And, and so, which has always been a thing for us. I mean, even he has a great job, but he's home by six o'clock every night and we're able to travel with our family and take extended periods off. And so I really was, was very conscious about what I wanted to build, how many hours I wanted to work, you start this thing and then sometimes it just takes on a life of its own, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, before mm-hmm. you know it, and this was a big driver for me in writing the book, before you know it, you're like, oh crap, I'm married to this business now, but I, I don't even like it anymore. Like, well, how did I even get here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and that happens, that happened to me to a certain extent, but I would say the goal was always family first, life first business second. And I, I think we're still pretty good at balancing that. There's always moments where things get out of, out of alignment, but that's, you know, the biggest thing. If you really intend for your business to fit into your life, then there's certain decisions you have to make and mm-hmm. early on to make sure that you stay on that path. Oh, I would How say about you, I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah. I would say the thing that I did right has always been hiring a coach. If I think even back to before I before this became a business and it was an expensive hobby, which it was for many years, you know, various things, dabbling in things. It was only when I remember, I, so I was working at Good Life and I wanted to learn how to make more money because I was at a sticking point as a uh, divisional manager. And like I was making, I think my best year was like 92,000. And I was like clicking my heels together. I was pretty happy about that. I think I was like in my late 20s at that point. So I was like super happy about that, but no freedom. There was constant pressure and stress and it just felt like it's not my own. Like I'm Mm -hmm. doing things that don't feel like super authentic all the time. You know, so I, I just knew there was more out there for me. So I hired a business coach and he helped me pretty much double my income within two years. And it was crazy because he, you know, he was so great at, it it was interesting. I found that actually you can't make, okay, this might be a limiting belief, but this is just what I believe that changing companies actually allows you to make more money because you can be more specific with what you need to be making. And that's how I was able to scale up my income a lot quicker than just waiting for the next pay increase. Like that was Mm -hmm. just not my strategy there. So that was from the help and work through a business coach. And then the second 
thing that shifted for me is that realization of how do I take this business from a side hustle that cross my fingers that I'm going to make some money, but I'm not, I'm not sure what the missing piece is. I hired a branding coach and she really understood what I needed to do. There were like seven main things she, she taught me. That's how I actually started making money at this and was like, holy smokes. And then lastly would be Rick, Rick Mulready. He helped me double my income or no, sorry, that's the wrong, (laughs) wrong words came out of my mouth there. We were doing $10,000 inconsistently when I first met Rick. And that year is the year we had our seven figure year that first year. So it was like every time I work with a coach, I am just my best when I'm working with somebody. And because, you know, I think we can get into this headspace of like, it's easy to go negative and protect the ego and go that way. Whereas I've always found when I have a coach that's like, no, you're, that's really good. You're doing that well. Let's just focus on doing more of that, or let's just like turn the perspective over here. It's like, I only want to work harder for that person and obviously myself at at the same time. But that was like the secret. Every time, hire a coach, find somebody that, you know, like that you just like really connect with and that you vibe with and like the rest of it will just happen. Somehow it just comes together. Your story and my story is so similar. And of course, we shared Rick as a coach for about mm-hmm. a year. I think we were both mm-hmm. in his program. So I would agree with you, but I would say this is this is an area that I didn't do things as well. And looking back, I would have changed it. I would have hired a coach sooner because mm-hmm. I, I felt like, and I hear this a lot from my people, like I had to get this to this sort of magical, elusive mm-hmm success in my business mm-hmm. to be worthy of hiring a coach. Mm-hmm. I think that comes from, I think some of it is money mindset, but also, I mean, I coach people to have super profitable businesses and it felt hard to spend a big chunk of money so early on without knowing that the ROI was going to be there. Cause I don't know about you and you enroll in programs, mm-hmm. but I'm a pay in full kind of gal. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why I just, mm-hmm. I'll just pay in full. So yeah, so I resisted that for a while. And I think there was also this sort of worthiness piece. Like mm-hmm. when I'm mm-hmm. further along, my problems will be worthy of a coach. So I, mm-hmm. I do invest and I have invested consistently since that time, but mm-hmm. I waited longer than I probably should have. I, I don't like the word regret because I always think yeah. every every choice brings us here, which is exactly where we're supposed to be. But yeah, looking back at that first year, I would have it would have been less of the struggle and the hustle if I had that person sooner. I remember hearing a quote, and I don't know if we talked about this maybe on the last episode, but it's just coming to me. It just like relates so well to this, that you don't get rich, like pinching pennies and just saving money. Like that's not the key to success. Like the key to success is investing in things that have like a tenfold or more return. So you just think of that, you know, dichotomy. I totally think of you all the time and say that quote, actually. I think it was, yeah, when you were on my podcast. And I I say that all the time to my coaches who are struggling with investments. And I reference you all the time, just so you know, you get full credit for that. I think that the words that I use are, um, mm-hmm. nobody ever got rich being thrifty. I think that's mm-hmm. what you said. And I love yeah. that because the temptation yeah. is always there. I think it also comes from being a child of, mm-hmm. um, you know, parent, my parents, my dad lived through the depression and, you know, yeah. being thrifty was, was it, sort of, there's this equation between being thrifty and being smart, right? If you can be mindful how you spend, that's really smart. And I think I always wore that as a badge of honor, but yeah, very quickly in business, I realized, oh, okay, 
So you've got to spend money to make money. And I would say thing that that the version of that that I am really noticing the ROI on now is team. So back in the day, um, you know, it was me and myself. And then, then I finally had the courage to invest in a virtual assistant who grew us a little bit. And now it's like, there's 10 people working in the business. Everyone's committed to, you know, our goals. Everyone's really good at their craft too. That's something that I feel like, you know, if I could impart any wisdom, get really good at finding great talent. And then when you find them, treat them like gold. I think in the past, I can I can say with all honesty, I had some people helping me in the business in the early days, and I don't think I valued them enough. I don't think I got good at articulating what it was I wanted them to deliver and maybe just didn't show them enough appreciation, to be honest with you. And that's something that is a very big part of how we do things now, really making sure that we love on our people, both our customers and our team. And I think that's, you know, coaches are great. But most coaches and consultants don't work in your business. They're mm-hmm. advising mm-hmm. from the outside in. And then mm-hmm. you've got this team who's got to perform from the inside out. So that's where a lot of our attention and our resources are going now is team. And it's exciting. It's really exciting mm-hmm. to see people mm-hmm. who care about my business as much as I do. I think of my two top people, uh, one of whom you know intimately, mm-hmm. Nicole and Camilla. I think of them as partners in the business, mm-hmm. even though technically mm-hmm. on paper they're not partners. But in my mind, mm-hmm. they're they bring so much genius to the table. They're mm. they're in this with me. And so I would say, you know, that's something that again, I would do differently. I would hire sooner and I would keep hiring sooner. I wouldn't wait so long in between those hires. I think that those can be some of the hardest investments to make, but it's like when it comes down to what you're focused on as the leader of your business and company, if you're not doing those top 5% activities, who's growing the business? It's not you if your plate is full. So it's the only way to really get to that development phase is to be on the business instead of in it consistently all the time. Totally. And I think maybe you can relate to this. Mm -hmm. There's also something that happens when you have kids that Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like as much as I love business and I'm great at it and I'm, I'm, I'm a great coach and I care for my people, there's a part of me that has to kind of reserve brain power for my family. I yeah. almost got really good at being able to switch off the business brain so that, you know, when 5:30 comes and my kids walk through that door, I am on them and I'm committed to them and I'm really trying not to think about business. It's hard sometimes though. I'm mm-hmm. I'm curious to talk to you about this too because mm-hmm. I know you're you're 18 months in. I'm 10 mm-hmm. years in now. Officially, officially <laughs> this earlier this year I celebrated my 10th anniversary of being wow. a mother. And I just, I feel like this is one of the, the, mm-hmm. the hardest things for mom entrepreneurs is that mm-hmm. constant, you know, the, the mom guilt, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. pull to be a great mom and these messages that we can either be a great mom or we can be great in business, but very rarely mm-hmm. are we both of those things. And I'm, mm-hmm. I think I'm on a mission a bit to, to fight that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the hardest things is especially with how much gr- social media is growing. There's new platforms every day. We got to be on reels now all the time. And it just, it seeps into our life. And before you know mm-hmm. it, you're at uh, the science center with your kids on a weekend and you're on your phone on social media when you really should be, you know, you really want to be, not should, want to be present. So mm-hmm. I struggle with that too. That's not mm-hmm. something that I would say I've done right or wrong. It's just, a, it's a constant mm-hmm 
it's an ongoing battle, I think, as a mm-hmm. mom entrepreneur. I mean, definitely having a baby working from home and like hearing Coco in the other room yelling mama from time to time, it's gotten much, mm-hmm. like much better. But that definitely was like, that's so hard, right? Um, but I think I've really thought about like, what are the most important things for me? And in the beginning, it was just being there if Coco really needed me. So I could like scoot out, put down what I was doing and go help, like, especially when it came to nap time or different things like that. And that for me was really, I think, freeing of helping to release some of that guilt, because what was important to me is that, and I think this all relates to our childhood too, right? Like, I think back to like, what were the things that I really appreciated that my parents were able to do? And what are some of the things that might have been a little more traumatic that I like really wish for? And so if I think of those two categories, because I think it all boils down to our childhoods and what we had and some of the, you know, things that happened to us then, I really appreciated that my parents were free. Like they were both entrepreneurs. So it was like, Mm. we traveled, like I went to Australia for six weeks when I was in grade one with my parents and they left my brother at home. Like it was a, it was a big trip. Like, and I, you know, great memories of that. So there was that piece that I really loved. And then there were other bits that were definitely harder to grasp. I mean, my parents had four children. So coming to every not that I needed my parents to sit there during skating practice, like how that could be very boring for some people, but it was sort of like, it felt like I saw a lot of other parents there. So of course that longing as a little girl, like you just, you want your parents to be proud of you. So there were bits and pieces of that along the way that like, I know their attention, even as entrepreneurs was pulled, but then also have four kids, the business they were running. So that for me is really important that I'm not tied down to things at certain times so I can be there for Coco and those events. Mm. Cause that was just important to me. So that's like almost a, almost like a childhood wound. I'm trying to <laughs> heal for myself, but in my, in my own kids. I love this topic because I think we do this without even realizing it as parents we are trying to, you know, heal our childhood or overcome certain things and give our children, you know, the best possible experience. And one of the things that I remember and something that shaped me was my mom didn't work for most of the time that I was growing up, although she did work for part of that time. And um, my dad had, my dad was the one with the big career in our family. And by the end of it, um, he was really miserable you know, he had a, an hour and a half commute each way to downtown to his office where he was underappreciated and basically kind of forced retirement. And just for years, all I remember him saying was, I'm going to tear up because, you know, he passed away a couple of months ago. He, I just remember him saying, kid, you got to do what you love. Life is short. You got to do what you love. And so when I wrote the book, I um, thought about that and I talk about it in the book. And as I was deciding who to dedicate the book to, I decided to dedicate it to my mom and dad because I thought, well, he might not be around for the next one. And I was right. So I'm really Mm -hmm. glad that there I I dedicated it to them and said Mm -hmm. uh, to my mom and dad who taught me to do what I love. I just think that's true. Life is short. And if we're not having any fun, like what the hell is it all for? I That's why I'm so passionate about women, especially women and everyone finding what they love. And if that's in a day job, great. And if that's working part-time, if that's volunteering at your kid's school, which PS, that's not my thing. <laughs> I'm not the big <laughs> sale mom at all. But like we we just we wait so long to feel worthy enough 
to create the life of our dreams. And it's a shame we're, we're wasting our most precious and non-renewable resource, which is time. And it took me until the age of 40, 40 was when I decided I was, I was ready enough and good enough to quit my job and start my own business and give it a shot. But you know, if I, if I had it to do over again, I don't know, actually, to be honest with you, I don't know if I would change it. And the reason is mm. I got those beautiful paid maternity leaves that we just like, or they're so coveted here in Canada. <laughs> we are so blessed. So I don't, I, I don't even know that I would have been emotionally ready to do it. I think mm-hmm. I needed to complete my family and mm-hmm. be here in this home. Like I needed to just check certain things off before I felt like I had what I needed in place. I had the foundations were there and then I could go and start my business. I don't know that I would have rushed that or changed that um, or done that differently. Cause I think I'd be in a totally different business. Frankly, if I had started 10 years earlier, it would have been a totally different passion. But for me, the passion is mom entrepreneurs, you know, helping mom entrepreneurs grow successful businesses. And I wouldn't have known that back then. The same answer would apply to me too. Like, I don't think that I would have not gone and done what I had done in the, in the fitness industry and the sales industry. Like it just, I wouldn't be the same person on the outside wanting to help the group of people that I want to, that I want to help. I think you know, there were so many great things about working for a large corporation and you, like I learned so much in that journey. I also learned what it felt like to not have freedom and Mm. to be constrained to like two weeks of vacation, you know, eventually three, like wait for it. It's coming at 10 years or whatever. Right. Like, gee, thanks. Yeah. Awesome. And all the weekends and company I went to work for out West was like, okay, so your hours are like, you know, they wanted us there. I think at it was like eight to seven. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like I never would do it. I'm like, I just, I, I can't, this is ridiculous. And the time change bill was in Ontario. So I was like, no, I have to go home and call my husband. And, but it was just like that seeking freedom. It mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have um, brought forward that feeling that if I want that, and I'm seeking that there might be other people out there. And it's been one of the best things we've done in our business is done um, a really deep dive survey to all of the people on our email list. And what's been so interesting about that is it's really solidified what each each offering that we have created really helps people do. And that was when I looked at our first uh, posting strategy we created, it was like all these people started telling us they're like, well, I have a nine to five. So it helps me still run my business, even though I have a nine to five. And it's Mm. funny because sometimes you don't know how the dots are going to connect. And obviously they all do someday, but I can see these thread being weaved through of like, that's where I was at one point. I was working a nine to five, trying to get my business going. If someone could have said, if Amy Porterfield would have said, Hey, here's your business in a box. So you don't have to figure it all out. And you can actually start making strides forward. I would have been like Amy Porterfield, here's all my money, like, help me get this going, you know? And so it's, yeah, it's without that past of where I was and all the opportunities I've had, I just wouldn't be the same person without that. It's interesting when you talk about, you know, the two weeks vacation and I'm hearing you say like the lack of freedom, what I felt was the lack of being valued. Like with things like that, with little things like that, you know, mm-hmm. not just compensation, but how little somebody cared whether or not I had 
time off, how little anyone cared whether or not I had time to come home, spend time with my kid. Because when we had just one kid, we were living in Midtown and there was no work from home. Um, so I, I'd never done it. I wasn't sure. And they didn't, they didn't really allow it then. So nobody really cared that my day started at 6 a.m. and didn't end until I collapsed in a heap on my couch after putting my kid to bed and that I was basically running all day. Like, you know, nobody thinks through some of these decisions. And I was one of the first people at that company to get pregnant. So I actually, the way for future generations after when I left, I told them exactly what I thought about that. And they changed a lot of the policies around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this piece around being valued, it really it has become so important in, in, my, in my own values and in how we run the business, both again, in like how we treat our customers, um, but how we treat our, our team as well. I have a, one of my clients, she's a client in one of my mastermind program but she also mentors for us. We have this very unique program. I don't even know if you know about it, but it's very cool. It's called Mama Mentor. So they they invest in being in my mastermind, but then they pay it forward and they actually mentor the people in our, the beginners in our community. And this person um, reached out to me and she said, I won't be on our call tomorrow. My whole family's been hit with COVID and we're down for the count. And I just sent her a note. I said, no worries and feel better. And then behind the scenes, I asked one of my team members, let's send her flowers. Even though like people get sick all the time, but there was just something in her message that I could tell that she was really struggling. Um, And so I I think that compassion is something that I'm very driven to do now that I I probably wasn't strong enough in that in the early days because you're just so busy, like learning how to sell and learning how to execute and understanding you know, uh, things like active campaign and Dropbox and it's so much. And I think you just, you're, you're lucky if you get great customers who do, you know, who do stay, stick around, but now we're really understanding the value and showing people how much they are loved, even before they become customers of ours, you know, even when they're still just sort of thinking about it. Um, and then certainly all the way through the, the journey until they're done working with us and they're ready to move on. And that's something that we put a high emphasis on as well as lifetime customer value, but really it's more the lifetime customer journey. I feel a great sense of pride when I share with people that we've had customers that have been customers for like five years, which in the online world, if you're listening to this, like that's a little unheard of, I think. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of businesses that can say that, but mm-hmm. it makes me really proud that we've created something so special and made people feel so special. I think mm-hmm. that's that's just something that is missing in this busy online world, you know, to take a moment and actually make someone feel special and make them feel seen. um, It's just, it's a real, it's a real gift and a real opportunity for us as business owners. Hey coach, I finally have something that I've been dreaming of providing for you. I know that you definitely didn't start this business because you really felt like pestering your friends and family and getting ghosted by everyone. Chasing people down or having to follow up with them is definitely hard work, and it can feel so awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. But your upline probably told you that this is what successful people do, and they didn't mention to you that unless you're this superstar salesperson right off the bat, you're going to struggle forever if you keep doing it that old school way. 99% of coaches quit because they suddenly declare themselves this expert online and then go back and ask everyone who knew them to just start buying from them when they just started working out last week. And this problem applies to all network marketers, not just coaches. 
But the 1% that actually succeed have made it because they've caught on to a different system that's been proven to work. And it's just something that nobody really talks about. It's all about taking some simple steps to position yourself as an influencer first. So soon, instead of asking people to talk to you, you'll attract ideal customers who are already excited to learn from you and buy from you. They'll know exactly what you're about and how you can help them. Go to ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline to learn more and see exactly what I'm talking about. You don't have to hunt people down and make them talk to you in order to get your bills paid for the rest of your life. Check out my short book called F what your upline said and get an entirely different approach that will feel much more organic and authentic. That's ashleyshaw.ca slash F your upline. I'm so excited for you to start implementing these four simple changes in your business and see how it absolutely transforms how you feel about your business and the results that you're able to get. Um, so Leanne, can you tell us a little bit more about your book and a, a little bit, give us some more details on, on sure. what it's all about and yeah. Well, as I said, I, I actually decided, I made the decision to write this book in the early days of COVID because I was coaching all of these mom entrepreneurs who all of a sudden had their kids at home and they were like in tears in our coaching calls because they thought they might have to say goodbye to their businesses. And it just dawned on me how many people I coach that had kind of built these businesses that were set up a certain way, but it was no longer bringing them joy. And I've certainly, if you weren't to feel joy before COVID, then you weren't feeling much more joy after COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, but after a lot of these heartfelt conversations, I kept thinking, gee, if there was just a way that I could put this together in a quick and easy to consume something so that people could avoid getting to this place, they could build a business that brought them joy from day one, because that's really why we're doing this. Like, yes, we want the freedom and yes, the finances are great when, when, when it is great. But most of the women that I coach will tell me like, they want to feel more fulfilled. They want to feel more uh, of themselves and that they're making an impact and then they're spending their days wisely. So I created this book really as a roadmap to, it's called Building a Joyful Business. And it's a roadmap to setting yourself up so that when you are doing things like creating your offers or you know pricing yourself or scheduling, all of that stuff is tied into, into the book. So it's really... It is just a 240-page guide of how to build a fantastic entrepreneurial business that's built around your unique gifts and talents so that you're not swimming upstream. You know, dream customers is something I talk a lot about, how to have more dream clients so that your business feels effortless and joyful. And so, yeah, I, I had a blast writing it and I feel so strongly that it can change lives that I would love to gift your listeners a copy if you're open to that. I would love that. Yes, absolutely. So if you're listening to this, I'd like to grab a your own free copy. All you have to do is pay the nominal shipping. Just head to leannekim.com slash book. And when you pick up a single copy, use the promo code social. And when you type that in, the book will be free. You just pay the shipping and you'll have it in a matter of, uh, I want to say a couple of days, but it's probably more like a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was reading the one thing, there were many things that really stood out to me, but I loved how tangible what you were teaching was. Like it just stood out to me as like, 
I need a pen and paper. And why did I, why has no one else done this in a way that's so easy to understand and like walking you through it? Like that really, really stood out to me as something I really appreciated about your book. You are so sweet. And I actually, I completely forgot because we we wrote it so quickly. And then there's something that you need to know about, about printing books is like, you write it and you spend months and months planning it. And then you have like two seconds to decide on like getting this out to print. Like the, the printing and delivery stage all happens really fast. And we, we reached out to you to read it and write a review for the book, which was so wonderful. And thank you so much for doing that. I think you're actually on the, you might be even on the website still. But yeah, it's, I, I'm so grateful that you took the time to read it. And what I have heard from a couple people like yourself is really no matter what stage of business you're at, you're never too advanced and it's never too late to do this work. Cause I think sometimes, again, we, we get so busy in the day to days and a lot of what we do is tech side of things. This really brings it back to the heart of what people want to build. It gets you back to wh- where you were, you know, why you got into this in the first place. And we also have a companion workbook that people can print off and download, which I think is really helpful to get, to take the exercises in the book and then get it down on paper. When you read it, we probably didn't have it ready. So you were probably doing it in a notebook, but now we have oh, an actual, yeah, we have an actual printable workbook that you can grab. It's all, it's all listed out in the book. So I, I do hope, I appreciate you so much. And I do hope your people will read it and love it and and share it with their people. Absolutely. It was, yeah, I, I'm so excited that there's a workbook now because that's exactly what I was doing. I was, you know, writing it out in a notebook, but that is, that is awesome. So Leanne, where can people find you and learn more about you? Sure. Um, So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Leanne Kim coach. And as I mentioned, my website is leannekim.com slash book. If you want to pick up the book, but you can also learn a little bit more about my programs and offers over there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Leanne. It was such a pleasure catching up with you and such a lovely chat today. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. And I just, I really appreciate you and all you're doing for your people as well. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.